Dave Billington with this week's Bible in the News. The ancient city of Hebron is a city that resounds with events of faith. Abraham, the father of the faithful, is buried there with Sarah, his wife. Caleb, one of the faithful spies, chose Hebron for his portion in the land of Canaan, the place where the giants were and the cities great and fenced. And Samson carried the gates of Gaza all night, and around the time the sun arose, this mighty man, filled with the Spirit of God, placed the gates of Gaza on a hill before Hebron, no doubt with the promise to Abraham in mind that his seed would possess the gate of his enemies. Today the city of Hebron also requires a different outlook and perspective to live and to thrive in this renowned city. Just this week, 1,700 police and soldiers came to remove three Jewish families and their children from a home that had been purchased a month ago. The mainstream media portray the Jewish community of Hebron in a very bad light. We wanted to know what was really going on, so we called David Wilder in Hebron and spoke with him about the recent events. We have with us David Wilder, the spokesman for the Jewish community of Hebron. David, welcome to the program. Pleasure to be with you. Thank you very much. David, to start with, could you give us a very brief background to the Hebron Jewish community? Hebron is the first Jewish city in the land of Israel. Uh, not only is it the home of the Jewish people, actually it's the beginning of all of monotheism. Now, Abraham was the first person to believe in one God, and uh, from Abraham uh, we find uh, spreading out uh, the uh, major uh, Western religions. And uh, Jews have actually been here uh, since the days of Abraham, almost uninterruptedly. Um, here, of course, uh, we have the tomb of the patriarchs and the matriarchs, Marat and Machpelah. And uh, this is, of course, where uh, King David ruled for seven and a half years prior to his uh, going up to Jerusalem. And, uh, and today we have, thank God, a uh, thriving Jewish community here. Okay, and that community was... I guess the recent community was started after the Six-Day War, and uh, there was the Gush Emunim, which means the block of the faithful. So what kind of faith did these people have that made them want to come to Hebron? Well, um, we, we knew that, um, that Hebron is a, a very, very important place, a very significant place. Um, the community here had come to an abrupt end in 1929, when during uh, riots, 67 Jews were massacred and 70 were wounded. The rest of the community that survived was basically expelled by the British who were then here. Uh, it was yearning to come back. A small group came back in 1931, but again were expelled by the British in 1936. And, uh, of course, people wanted to be able to worship at the Tomb of the Patriarchs, which is considered to be the second holiest site to the Jewish people in all the world. Uh, that site had been off limits to anybody who was not Muslim for 700 years, near 1267, after the Crusaders were defeated by the Mamelukes, until 1967, the Six-Day War. Uh, and following the, the victory of the Six-Day War, we again were able to be in Hebron. We had access to the Tomb of the Patriarchs, and people started to come back here. Uh, people came here uh, uh, on a semi-permanent basis in 1968 for the Passover holidays. And that was basically the beginning of the return. Um, and, of course, uh, the faith that people have, the faith in the Bible, the faith that, that God gave us this land, and he didn't give us this land to look at it from a map or from pictures, but to settle the land, to live the land, and to be here. And that's what people did. Uh, just as we learned from the patriarch Abraham, who God told to walk the length and width of the land, so too. 
so do we have to do that today, following his footsteps. And what better place to begin than the city which Abraham settled uh, so many thousands of years ago? Okay. Now, unfortunately, as you you will very well know, David, there's been some trouble recently in the Jewish community of Hebron. And even before the evictions of this week, um, some Jews were expelled from their homes in the Hebron marketplace not so long ago. Could you very briefly describe what happened in, in the Hebron marketplace incident? Well, that's property that uh, has belonged to the Jews in Hebron since the early 1800s. Uh, following the expulsion in 1929, the Arabs built a market on that property, um, and that market continued to operate actually through the 1990s. Uh, following the, that was finally closed by the Israel security forces for security reasons, and following the uh, murder of the 10-month-old infant Shalhevet Pass, um, beginning of 2001, we started to reuse those buildings uh, as homes for Jews here in Hebron and named that neighborhood in her memory. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, we were ordered out of those buildings and we went to court and uh, uh, <clears throat> we were uh, basically given an ultimatum. We decided to voluntarily leave those buildings of own accord uh, with promises from the Israeli uh, government and the army that we would soon be able to return, that that would be worked out legally so that we would be able to return. So we did pick up and leave. Nine families left, including a total study hall. And uh, unfortunately, the government has since reneged on that, that promise. And uh, basically, the attorney general has nullified the agreement that we made with them. Um, but we still hope with that, that uh, hopefully in a not too it won't take too long until we are able to move back into those homes. Right. So this is very frustrating for the people in Hebron, I would imagine. And then this week, uh, some residents were forcibly removed from their newly purchased home or rented home. Um, can you explain what happened this week? Uh, we were able to um, uh, purchase a building in Hebron right next to the uh, neighborhood, actually, where the old marketplace used to be. Uh, paid a tremendous amount of money for it. Um, and moved in. We moved in just over a month ago. Um, however, for political reasons, the present administration really uh, isn't interested in seeing the Hebron population uh, expand or to see us being able to move into uh, to new buildings here. So they used very uh, uh, they used legal means, um, basically in court, not not so much arguing legal reasons, but political reasons why we should not be able to be allowed to stay there making claims that our documents were forged. Uh, this is all a lie. Uh, we know that the, uh, the building was purchased legally and the documents we have prove that. However, unfortunately, in this country, many things don't work via, um, by a truth, uh, rather by, uh, by political politics. And uh, so, again, we were forced to leave. Three families were expelled, and two of those families had actually been expelled from the homes in the old market just a few months ago. And... Uh, uh, we were thrown out. Um, the police came, and, and anybody who didn't walk out voluntarily, they were picked up and carried out. Uh, fortunately, there wasn't too much violence in the building. Outside of the building, there was, but not inside the building. And uh, But there, too, we are uh, going to court, and I'm sure that we'll be able to prove that uh, that, that building does belong to us, and eventually we'll be able to move back in there, too. All right. So I read on the news that there were 1,700 police and soldiers involved in the operation. Why is the government investing so much time and money to expel so few residents' families just from one building? 
I think that that Omar is uh, trying to prove a point. Uh, he uh, has publicly stated that he ex he plans on expelling somewhere in the vicinity of 90,000 people from their homes in the next few years in Judea and Samaria. He said in the Knesset in his first speech as an incoming prime minister that the communities in Judea and Samaria endanger the existence of the state of Israel. And that the only way to save the state is to uh, is to abandon this this land area and uh, expel the Jews that live here. Um, and I think that uh, this was a very uh, significant uh, place for him to start by uh, sending so many troops into Hebron, um, trying to say to the people here, to the people throughout Judea and Samaria, the people throughout the country and throughout the world, because this made headlines all over the world, that here we have a prime minister who wants to try to carry on, God forbid, in the footsteps of uh, Ariel Sharon. Okay. In the mainstream media, these residents that were evicted, they're called squatters, extremist settlers, hardline settlers. And uh, on one on the Associated Press, I think it was, I read, the settlers in Hebron are the most militant in the West Bank, believing that the biblical city of Abraham, where the patriarchs and matriarchs are believed buried, belongs to Jews only. Could you describe, David, what these residents are really like? Uh, look, um, I can I can talk about one of the families uh, or, or personal friends of mine. Uh, they have ten children. Uh, the woman, uh, Mrs. Tippi Schlissel, uh, is the great granddaughter of the first chief rabbi of the state of Israel, Rabbi Abraham Isaac Hakohen Cook, who was a tremendous uh, scholar and is is known for his 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 tremendous Jewish thought. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, eight years ago, Tippi's father, who was Rabbi Cook's grandson, was murdered by terrorists in uh, the Tel Lumeda neighborhood here in Hebron. He was getting ready to go to bed, and a terrorist came to his bedroom window and stabbed him to death. He was 63 years old at the time. Uh, following that murder, Schlissel's moved to Hebron. Her husband, Rabbi Yisrael Schlissel, became the dean of a uh, Torah study center in her father's memory. Uh, and he himself was shot at and nearly killed on the road coming into Hebron, um, driving here. Um, they're a, a very, very wonderful family, very wonderful people, very righteous people. Uh, he's a Torah scholar, uh, and she's, as I said, the mother of 10 children. And now they have, uh, uh, just a couple of days ago, a, a new granddaughter. And, uh, and they, too, were expelled from their home in the, uh, in the Shalhevik neighborhood, where they had lived for a few years since they moved into Hebron. Um, I, I have difficulty understanding why people here are called extremists. I many times uh, confront journalists with that and ask them, why am I considered to be an extremist? I only want to live in my homeland. Um, I've never been uh, convicted of any crimes. I've never shot anybody. And I, I see myself as living an ideological, an ideology, an ideology which we, we absorb from the Bible, from the book of God who gave us this land. Um, I have never said as a spokesman for the community in Hebron that, uh, that in order for us to live here, all the Arabs have to leave. But unfortunately, that's the way they deal with us. Uh, they say that there'll never be peace in Hebron as long as there are Jews here. Uh, what they really mean is that there'll never be peace in the land of Israel or in the Middle East until there are no Jews here in Israel. Right. Just uh, maybe if you could make a quick comment, David, on Rabbi Cook. His ideology or his teaching was a little bit different than uh, the other rabbis at the time, and I think his teaching is really um, maybe the start of the settlement movement. Could you maybe just briefly state how what was his his teaching different than the other rabbis? 
Well, he was a firm believer in the return to the land of Israel. He himself came here and became the uh, rabbi of the uh, Tel Aviv area when, when he came here in the early 1900s. He was uh, very mystical, um, and his, he, he, he basically believed that the land has to be settled. And he saw all people that came here, whether they were religiously observant or whether they were uh, religiously secular, as being a, a, an instrument uh, in, in, in God's plan to bring the Jewish people back to the land of Israel. And while there were many other uh, rabbis who, who said that uh, Zionism is, uh, is evil and is to be, uh, is to be despised, he said that Zionism, the return to the land, is a is a is a godly goal, um, and the land of Israel is the gift to the Jewish people, and uh, and therefore he was very active not only with those people who were considered to be religiously observant, but also with others, uh, and this was actually quite a uh, uh, a new kind of a concept at that time. Um, many uh, of the uh, teachers at that time did not uh, uh, did not accept that kind of of of, uh, of leadership. Right. Um, now, on the Hebron website, just going back to the to the eviction, on the Hebron website, there is a slideshow of pictures of the of the expulsion, and the last picture is of a young lad about 14 years of age, I would guess, and he's holding what appears to be a prayer book, and he's crying, and uh, a policeman's glaring at him with this really despising, sneering look on his face. Why, David? Why is there so much hate from some of these policemen toward these religious youth? Well. That's uh, that was a very very touching scene. That that was I, that those are pictures that I photographed, um, and it was really very difficult to watch this this young man uh, because they, you know the police when they broke into the room with the men there thought that they were going to face tremendous violence and they were ready to uh, to beat back these kids and uh, and the kids just sat there and and most of them got up and walked out themselves. A few of them were carried out and this young man just stood there and cried. Um, the police are used as a an extended arm of the political system, and they uh, uh, they are used as a tool uh, by the uh, by the justice system. And many of them uh, uh, they don't their their actions are not those of what one of what, what one would expect from civilized human beings. Um, we saw this uh, a few months ago in the uh, Amona eviction when people were were beaten with with wooden batons and with hard plastic batons. And uh, uh, it was very difficult to see this and to stomach it, and uh, we tried very hard to prevent that this time, and thankfully we did. However, uh, there's a tremendous problem with the police, not only in Chevron, but uh, throughout Judea and Samaria, and um, uh, it's very difficult to explain how, how, how these acts come about. Right. Um, yeah, that was a very touching picture to me. Do you think, David, there's a kind of religious persecution taking place in Israel today? Yes, I do. I think that uh, the major thrust behind what was uh, what began as Oslo uh, back in the days of the uh, Robin Perez administration in the early 1990s was uh, basically a, a a concerted plan to try to break the back of the uh, nationalistic religious movement here in Israel. Um, many of the people who had initiated Oslo and, and today are still in power uh, see Israel not as a religious Jewish state or as a, a Jewish state at all. They see it as a state that has Jews living in it. 
uh, they see uh, countries such as Sweden in Europe and, and in Scandinavia and the United States as role models for Israel rather than seeing it as a, a spiritual place. They see it as a very secular kind of a country being very, very, not very different from other countries in the world. And of course, uh, there are others that see, see Israel otherwise. And, uh, and the idea of, of, of ridding the state of, of Judea and Samaria and Gaza is basically they see as breaking the backbone of, of religious Judaism today, nationalistic Jewish Judaism today, religious Judaism, which they see as an enemy, basically, of, of, of what they themselves believe. Um, however, uh, thank God they have not succeeded. Uh, people haven't fled despite the, the tremendous terror that we've had to face. People here have a tremendous amount of faith. We know that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, and uh, we can only do what we can, and we have to leave something to the hands of God. Uh, here in Hebron, I can bear witness to the fact that there are miracles here uh, on, a, on a daily basis, even more than on a daily basis every minute. Uh, without that divine presence here, uh, it would be impossible to live here. Um, but uh, we have no plans on giving up. The new Olmert government has plans to destroy many of the Jewish communities in Judea and Samaria. Do you think they will succeed in this plan? I certainly hope not. Um, after having seen what happened in Gush Katif this summer, um, it's fairly obvious that many, many acts which we never believed could happen have happened. Uh, we never really believed that uh, almost 10,000 people would be expelled from Gush Katif and northern Samaria. However, they were able to do that uh, and accomplish that. And I think that uh, we have to realize that uh, um, that uh, evil abounds and, and they can do it again. Uh, we're going to have to try to uh, stop that, to prevent that from happening. Uh, whether we'll be successful or not, um, uh, we'll have to try to do whatever we can. And as I said, we have to leave something for, for God in, in heaven to do also. Uh, I certainly hope that we will be successful and not them. Because I think that uh, uh, should they should they be able to to accomplish this plan, uh, not only will they uh, do tremendous damage to the state of Israel, but that they will um, basically be endangering the entire world. Because uh, continued acquiescence to terror, which is what Israel is doing, what we did in Gush Katif, and what Omar is planning to do here in Judea and Samaria, will only boomerang and cause uh, tremendous terror throughout uh, the Western world. And uh, people that don't understand that, don't see that, and don't understand that, I have no other way to describe them than as blind. All right. So, David, um, just to finish up with, what is the spirit like in the Jewish community in Hebron after these events? Well, I don't know if you can hear it from the, the phone I'm talking from, but outside the kids are playing in the courtyard. People are continuing with their everyday lives. Uh, the people who were expelled from their homes a couple of days ago have bounced back and they're back uh, at their everyday affairs, uh, working and studying. Uh, one of the women who was expelled uh, will be in the United States next week speaking at an event that we're going to be having in, uh, in New Jersey. And uh, uh, we always look forward. I mean, there are setbacks, and it's, it's very sad. It's very upsetting. Um, but, um, but we realize that uh, in this world there are ups and there are downs. Uh, 
we have to keep in mind that for 2,000 years, the Jews weren't in the, in the land of Israel. Jews were burned at the stake for, for talking about uh, next year in Jerusalem. Uh, and only 60 years ago, Jews were behind fences in Auschwitz watching the smoke out of the crematoriums rise up into the sky. Uh, and now, 60 years later, we have a, a wonderful state which isn't perfect yet. There are still a lot of problems, uh, but we have learned how to overcome over the millenniums. And uh, the same thing is true here in Hebron. And uh, we will continue to look forward, try to correct the errors that are made. And uh, we fully expect that uh, Jews will continue to live in Hebron. Uh, Hebron was here before Sharon and Omer and Sharon, and, and Hebron will be here long after they're long gone. And uh, we know that in the end, uh, Truth and right will will win uh, because that's that's God's plan. Okay, David, thank you so much for being on the program, and uh, and blessings to to you all in Hebron. Say thank you very much. Indeed, truth and right will prevail. It is God's plan. It is God's plan to reestablish the ancient Jewish kingdom of Israel in the territory of Judah. Today we are seeing the birth pains of this kingdom as it is about to be born. The controversy surrounding this territory is part of the controversy of Zion, and the more this controversy heats up, the closer we are to the establishing of the kingdom and the comforting of Zion. If you would like to learn more about the Jewish community of Hebron, visit their website at www.hebron.com. Come back again next week for another edition of The Bible in the News, God willing.